Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. I love sharing Torah thoughts, ideas, and messages in all of its wonderful parts and facets. Baruch Hashem, today this is easier than ever before. Please enjoy the following class and the rest of them on my podcast. And follow in order to receive updates daily. Also, please feel free to share this podcast with your friends, family, and neighbors so they could enjoy as well. Now let's move on and learn and grow together. The three sections in the second portion of Parshas Baha'u'llah. We begin at Perak Tess, which is actually she, and we'll extend through the end of Perak Tess. So the Pesukim begin over here and tell us about the carbon Pesach that was brought in the Midbar. As Rashi explains, really these Parshias are out of order. Sefer by Midbar should have begun with this because really this is the 14th of Nisan in the second year and uh, Parshas ba- Sefer by Midbar begins in Iyar, which is afterwards. But Rashi says because there's a certain negativity associated with this Parsha, as it implies the Jews only did one carbon Pesach, their entire stint in the Midbar, which is considered a negative impression of the Jews, it didn't want to open the Sefer with that. Instead, it's listed here. So the Pesukim tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu, although he had commanded the Jews at Harsinai on the Yamim Tovim, when Pesach came also, he recommanded them about the proper procedures of the carbon Pesach and uh, the appropriate uh, halachas of the festival. The Pesukim then go on to tell us that there were certain people who were Tameh, unable to bring the carbon Pesach on the 14th of Nisan in that second year, and they approached Moshe and asked what they should do. So Moshe told them, uh, wait, I'm going to go speak to Hashem. Rashi explains that this is a tremendous praise of Moshe Rabbeinu, that he could just talk to Hashem whenever he wanted, and Hashem would respond and tell him what needed to be done. And Hashem's response was, there's this halacha called Pesach Sheni, which means in ER, the 14th of ER, they would perform a similar procedure to that of Pesach Rishon in Nisan, although there were some differences. You're allowed to have uh, chametz in the house. You're not allowed to eat chametz with that Pesach offering, and they would have um, matzah and maror, but there were certain things that were done, not exactly like Pesach, but the people who were tummy in the first uh, time Pesach rolls around, or as Pasuk says, were far away, unable to perform the first carbon Pesach, could actually do a makeup of sorts regarding Pesach Sheni. Okay, the second section of today tells us how the Jews used to travel throughout their sojourn in the desert. And the Psukim tell us, as Rashi explains, that when Hashem wanted to symbolize that it was time to travel, the Anan, the cloud that was over the Mishkan, as Rashi explains, would fold up over the Degel Machane Yehuda, the portion of Yehuda, and then they would do a Tekiah through a Tekiah, and then Moshe would say, Kuma Hashem, this Pasuk, and then uh, Machane Yehuda would lead the charge in terms of travel. And when they encamped, it was a similar way, but backwards, is that cloud, the pillar of cloud, would double over Machane Yehuda, the people of Yehuda, and uh, it wouldn't leave until Moshe would say the psukim of Shuvah Hashem Rivah Yisrael. So there was this specific procedure, and as the psukim tell us, sometimes they would stay in place for an extended period of time, and sometimes it would be only a day or overnight even that the encampment would occur and the travel would effectively happen the next day. 
And uh, as we explained, is that this entire procedure was so that people stay within the zones that they were meant to stay, and uh, the Jews wouldn't go into holy places, etc. And that's really the uh, main points in today's um, Aliyah, and today's we're stopping here at Perak Yud. Is Hashem, tomorrow we'll pick up with a discussion about the trumpets. Everybody have a wonderful day.